in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, before beginning this episode of the Paracast, Randall and I were considering all the great guests we've had this year. Such guests as Brooks Agnew, and he was pretty fascinating because he was going to be involved in an expedition to the Arctic to look for what a hollow earth. Great yeah, boss. I don't have much confidence as he's going to find it, but it was sure an interesting discussion. And of course, Professor Paul Kingsbury, I think he was got had to be one of the highlights of our academics that we've had on the show who takes the subject of ufology very seriously from a social point of view and maps it against his background in social geography. Really cool stuff. Well, today we have another scientist, Dr. Michael Masters, professor of biological anthropology at Montana Tech in Butte, Montana. Now, the key thing here is that he's written a book with a title that is most fascinating. It's called Identified Flying Objects, a Multidisciplinary Scientific Approach to the UFO Phenomenon. And the blurb from his publicist says it challenges readers to consider new possibilities while cultivating conversations about our ever-evolving understanding of time and time travel. Let me cut to the chase, Michael. Is this about UFOs from the future? Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. Um, The whole book just takes, as you said uh, in the subtitle, a multidisciplinary approach to this question, uh, tying together research from anthropology, physics, astronomy, and astrobiology to make a case that they are just us uh, continuing the same long-term evolutionary trends in culture and biology into the future and um, coming back through time to study us and their own past. Now, there's so many questions one can ask about time travel, but I think let's get back to the beginning of your interest. Now, prior to researching and writing this book, were you interested in UFOs at all? I was, yeah, my entire life. It's been something that I've been interested in ever since I was uh, a young child. I was about eight years old when I first heard a story that my father was telling to some friends that were over at our house, and it it really piqued my interest in it and uh, really kind of over my lifetime studied things that would help me to understand it better and to be able to write a book that wasn't just speculative, unfounded claims, but rather was something that could be backed up by valid scientific research. So, yeah, in a way, it's kind of been a lifelong pursuit. Now, in following this slant, obviously the common perception is that UFOs, flying saucers, UAPs, whatever we wish to call them, are visitors from another planet. Is that something you rejected early on or what? Well, not necessarily. And I still don't necessarily reject it. I try to make a case in the book for why it's not as likely of a scenario and looking at all of the evidence and just our knowledge of, of human evolution and the evolution of our culture and technology and language. So I don't necessarily create a straw man fallacy where I just prop up the extraterrestrial model to beat it down and replace it with something, but rather just very cautiously approach this question of extraterrestrial life and 
what we know through studies in astrobiology and cosmology, planetary sciences, and to show that it's relatively unlikely that we would get another advanced life form that happened to be a bipedal, meaning upright, walking, hominin form with the same physical characteristics as us that also happens to exist close enough to Earth that they'd be able to find us and close enough that they'd be able to travel here. All of these things occurring at the same time in a short period relative to the 14 billion year history of this this universe we live in. And then just show how many aspects of the, the vetted reports involving this phenomenon are things that would seem to make more sense in the context of the continuation of the same multi-million year biocultural trends and hominin evolution. But isn't it so, from what we've determined, that many of the elements present here on Earth are duplicated on other planets? And if you have the same building blocks, wouldn't that result in life forms that are not dissimilar to the ones that come here? I mean, you could have walking, talking dolphins, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. But we don't have walking, talking dolphins being reported coming out of these craft or abducting people and doing things to them. And like I've said many times before, if if they were some sort of non-human-like form, a squid thing or a a dolphin or spider thing, I, I never would have written this book. But the fact that the vast majority of these reports involve something so very similar to us and and importantly not just a hominin life form that fits well within the primate order but also one that happens to have traits where if you took the same progression of the same characteristics over the last six to eight million years since we last shared a common ancestor with what became the chimpanzee if you project those forward even outside of the context of anything that might happen between now and then, whether we blow up the earth and have to live in space or on the moon or anything like that, even discounting any of those forces that may shape our our future evolutionary history, I guess, looking back, if you just project those simple trends forward, we are very likely to look much like these alien beings or what I dub extra tempestrials in the book uh, to highlight the fact that they may simply be from time. We'd have a bigger, rounder head, bigger eyes, smaller face, a thinner, less robust body build and musculature and skeletal anatomy. And and these are all of the things that tend to be the most commonly reported. Yeah, it's definitely possible that there's complex life out there. In fact, it's almost certain given how many stars there are in the universe and how many of those have planets. But even small things, and I highlight this in the book, something like gravity. We're one of very few mammals that walks upright on two legs, and we suffer all kinds of problems associated with that. We have bad knees and backs and hernias and varicose veins and fainting. All of these problems result from the fact that we stood upright when, in fact, we would be better off to remain quadrupedal. So even a planet that's slightly larger and more massive than Earth, you're not likely to see the same bipedal form on those planets because of that limitation. Then you factor in the distance from their star, the atmosphere, the chemistry, the physical properties of their planet beyond gravity, and it's very unlikely that we would have the same bipedal hominin form evolve on those planets in the same way that they did here on Earth. Well, I think if if I could jump in there, what we're starting with is the assumption that the beings that are being reported are actually the creators of the craft they came in. 
mm-hmm. when maybe that's not the case at all. Maybe we've got something separate behind the scenes, like some Wizard of Oz thing that is creating the illusion of these beings for our benefit and that we really don't know what the actual aliens themselves look like. And so they are creating these various illusions somewhat in our image in order to see how we relate to them. Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, you would expect, if that were the case, that they would create something familiar to us. Uh, Why not use our own form to do such? You'd think that they would make them more like us and and less future-looking, if you can uh, project these same past trends forward. Um, But yeah, I mean, or or in that case, why not make them all puppy dogs or little kittens that are very non-threatening because they're things that we find to be cute. Uh, as a result of Kinshinshima, as Lorenz called it, these nurturing characteristics come out in us because of big eyes and big heads and big paws in the case of puppies and kittens. So, yeah, I mean, that's always that's always a possibility. Yeah. It's no, not aren't as- you just telling me here that possibly our little dog teddy bear or Bichon, he is one of them in disguise. Yeah. Hey, there you we've go. got... He's been spying on you this whole time. <laughs> I wonder about him. we got Dr. Michael Masters author of Identified Flying Objects with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Michael Masters joining us. He has a PhD in anthropology. And we're talking about his book, Identified Flying Objects, which basically posits that E.T. may be us in the future. Now, the other thing, since I brought up the possibility that we're not seeing the creatures or entities in their true form, the movie Contact, where when the Jodie Foster character supposedly travels in this craft built with alien designs, she meets someone who looks like her dead father. And she's told that that being takes this form so she could accept its appearance. Yeah, that's a great movie. I remember watching that as a kid, maybe a teenager. I don't remember when exactly that came out. But yeah, I mean, it speaks to your point that they're potentially masking their identity. But I don't know. And looking at all of the different abduction reports, too, there does seem to be a sense that when they're interacting with these beings, and especially looking into their eyes, um, seeing the, their humanness through this window to the soul and, and looking into their eyes and being a part of that relationship, the communication that takes place, the them speaking in our own languages, all of these things as people report them, not just a, a humanoid or human looking being, but the true essence of humanness seems to come across in these. And, and even disregarding 
their appearance and whether it's an illusion or this is their actual physical form in the future, you, you can also look at the evolution of our technology and the things that we have made and the things we can do in our current knowledge of physics and time travel and see in these craft what is very likely the end result of uh, the same research that's been going on since 1915 when Einstein published his paper on general relativity. You can see this evolution in our understanding of time and time travel and the technology that may make that possible even outside of their physical form. So there's a, a cultural evolutionary link there too that I don't think should be disregarded. Okay, the basic core here is time travel. Time travel is obviously part and parcel of sci-fi. We had this movie Time Cop about this organization that sends officers back through time to undo things. Obviously, some of the comic books deal with multiverses, alternate versions, and they go back and forth through time, such as The Flash on The CW. There's a TV show called Legends of Tomorrow using a craft called the Wave Rider, and the Wave Rider travels back through time. Of course, it's kind of a goofy show where whenever they fix a problem with the time stream, they mess up something. Yeah. They screw yeah. it up. You know, one thing is fixed, two things are broken, but it makes mm -hmm. for a lot of fun. And that is another question I have about time travel, and that gets to be a kind of a complicated thing, but let's talk about the possibilities of time travel here. So... If you go back through time and you do something, anything, not just observe, but any interaction, even, you know, accidentally, wouldn't that multiply over the years, the centuries to change the future? Or if we go the other way, that was part of the future anyway. Yeah. And, and that's something that I really dive deep into in the book, because we have a couple of different issues here. One, as a society, we don't talk about time. And I, I find that to be very problematic. Uh, as St. Augustine said, it's this thing that governs our lives and dictates so much about our everyday interactions, but we don't understand it. We don't talk about it. And I, I think that's a big problem. And I'm hoping to change that with this book, at least in a, a small capacity. Another one is the issue of television and movies, like you said, there's all of these different movies and TV shows that try to make storylines around time travel, and they do so in a way that's not necessarily representative of how physicists understand time. It makes for some great entertainment. I remember watching Time Cop, too. That was with Sylvester Stallone or Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I... I was picturing somebody completely different in that role. That explains why I watched it. Though. I was a huge fan as, as a kid. Um, but yeah, so you have all of these scenarios, and what they like to do is show what you were describing in the, the first example. There's the butterfly effect, where you go back, and I remember a classic uh, Simpsons episode where he, he gets out of his time machine during the Jurassic period and steps on a bug, and he comes home, and all of his family are shaped like donuts or something like that. I don't remember the actual storyline, but, but that's what you see most often in these shows. You go back and you change something about yourself or your parents, like a back to the future scenario where Michael J. Fox's parents aren't getting together, then he starts to disappear. And, and while all of these things are super entertaining, it's not really the way that time is understood by physicists. They, refer to something known as block time or landscape time. And the dominant view among 
physicists and cosmologists is that every event, every moment that exists from the very beginning of the Big Bang to the very end of the universe, all is there as one static giant block of time. And the only reason that it feels like it moves is because we have consciousness. We as biological organisms to make sense of this environment that we live in, move through it in a seemingly linear fashion. And that's the third thing I wanted to mention is our false notions of linear time or this feeling that time moves from past to future and there's a past cause that leads to a future effect. But in looking at, at time and the context of physics, these, these different processes in the universe work just as well running from future to past. They're time symmetric, as they're called. So the same thing applies in looking at humans and the possibility of backward time travel, where if you go into the past because of this giant massive block of all events, anything that you did in that past have already manifested themselves in the future prior to you even leaving to go do that. They're already a part, an inherent part of that past and this connection between your future and whatever cause comes with you from that future to an illicit effect in the past is already part of that future before you go back there. So there aren't really paradoxes in the way they're oftentimes perceived. And most of the work that I highlight in the book is by modern, well-respected physicists. And one individual, Igor Novikov, who wrote tremendously great work on this question, uh, to the extent that they named it after him, his well-esteemed colleagues, one of them, Kip Thorne, who just won a Nobel Prize recently for discovering gravitational waves, even said we should all call this the, the Novikov self-consistency principle, and we've gotten on board with this. So I mostly highlight how in classical and quantum physics, these things uh, aren't really even self-correcting. There's no need for another timeline or anything like that. They're just self-consistent. There's an inherent self-consistency across these different interconnected regions of block time. So whatever you decide, if you want to go back through time, has already been decided. But does that take away free choice that we are therefore destined to live one kind of life or another, do one thing or another? I want to understand this, and we'll do that in our next segment. He is Dr. Michael P. Masters. The book identified flying saucers, but it doesn't identify them as conventional in the sense that we talk about conventional more to come with gene and randall you're in the paracast you are listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump went to North Korea. It was a short but very historic visit as he was the first to cross into the country from the demilitarized zone. He was there greeted by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who spoke through his interpreter. I've never expected to meet you at this place. Then, just after that... President Trump has just walked across the demarcation line that made him the first U.S. president to visit our country. They posed for pictures in the North, then they both walked together to meet with South Korean President Moon Jae-in in the South. A lot of really positive things are happening, and uh, I'm glad you could be here to see it, but tremendous positivity. Really great things are happening and uh, in a lot of places, but... Uh, we met and we liked each other from day one, and that was very important. This is USA Radio News. Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. She went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. That's 1-800-370-2715. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, as we talk about going back through time 
and likely making changes that, wait a minute, those changes were already made, or it's part of the time stream that these changes were made. Does that mean we have no free choice? That whatever we do is already out there and we just live it, live through it? Uh, I plead the fifth. I don't want to answer that question. I'm kidding. The reason I say that, though, is because every time this comes up and I, not even my own opinion, but just what physicists say with regard to this question, I get tons of hate mail from people telling me, no, free will, it exists. We were in control of our destiny. But unfortunately, I, I see it the opposite. I think it's great. I don't want to have to choose things. I would rather just be following a script or a series of events that are always going to be that way. Um, it certainly feels like you're choosing things. And I cite uh, one physicist in particular who, who says that, you know, even though physicists know there's this collectively, they all understand that because of the nature of block time, we're all just moving through these things that feel as though we're making choices. We certainly feel that way. And they still talk about, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? What do you want to do this weekend? But it doesn't really exist in the sense that we're actively deciding that future outcome. And, and here's something that people need to keep in mind, and hopefully this will help them not be so mad at me after they listen to this, is that it doesn't change anything about how you feel and what your consciousness is doing as you're moving through these series of events. You can still believe in free will if you like belief systems and you need to feel that this is true in your own life. And I'd love to do a survey on this and look at look for an age relationship. But I think it's when you're younger, especially, you look at the future and you see all of these possibilities, these potential outcomes of decisions that you feel that you're making. But at the end of your life, if you're lying on your deathbed and you're going to die in a couple hours, everything that you have ever thought you were going to do has ended up being whatever your life was. There was only one line. There was only one outcome or one storyline throughout your entire life. And I feel like people that are older might understand that more, or at least feel differently about this idea of free will in the context of physics and block time than people who are younger who have bright eyes and bushy tails and they want to go conquer the future and do all of these things. But it, it's really about perception more than anything. We, we can understand how the universe works and understand the physics of time without it ruining our day or taking away our perception of free will. You can still feel that these things are real in the same way that physicists do, even though they're most likely not. Okay, there's a lot to unpack already. Boy, are we getting off to a, a really deep start in the show on this. Now, I'm going to set aside the conversation on the probability and the possibility of time travel just just for a couple of moments here. But definitely, I'd like to come back to it later because I'm one of those people that have a real issue with the whole idea. But how is it connected now to the reports of unidentified flying objects and the beings that come from them? And can you give us a couple of good examples of reports that help to sort of support the idea that at least the concept of time, whatever it is, is an important factor. Uh, obviously, the Rendlesham Forest comes to mind. Jim Penniston, who even claims to have been given information where they told him, we are you from the future. And he 
as as far as this i i know of the story i just learned of this fortunately right before i published the book so i had time to squeeze it in there before my editor uh, got a hold of it yeah it was an amazing thing to read because if if the story is accurate and these things did indeed happen then it's another line of evidence in addition to what i have been showing and and especially when you get into the things that he talks about about why they're here. They tell them that they're coming back because there's problems with their chromosomes and their genes. And I'd already written a whole probably 10-page part in the book about a current trend towards genetic homogenization, where we used to have all these different isolated populations and gene flow among them. But now that we're just one large earthbound interbreeding population, it almost seems inevitable that at some point in the future, we will suffer from an increase in homozygous recessive traits are those ones that uh, end up being negative traits that show up with inbreeding. If we become a more inbred population, we're going to have less genetic diversity. Coming back through time is the only place you can get new gene variants. So the sampling of sperm, eggs, possible hybridization and creating uh, zygotes and embryos and fetuses from that. And by the way, if you believe in hybridization, you also have to believe that these individuals are human just based on the biological species concept in biology that to reproduce with another organism, they have to be the same species as you. So if you, if you wanted to come back and get new gene variants from haplotypes that didn't even make it into the future, now you have completely novel gene variants from the past that you can interject into the future. And we do this now with other animal species. If there's an animal that's on the brink of extinction and they have a very small population size, We'll go to different regions and try to find that same species and other gene variants to intentionally add new variation to that population to stave off some of these problems. So seeing that story, that account from a completely different source, somebody I'd never met, I actually get to meet him at the MUFON conference next month where we'll both be speaking. But prior to that, I hadn't even heard of this. And then to see this person who claims to have been contacted by them and told they're from the future and told we're coming back because we have problems with fecundity and fertility was really an interesting case study when I became aware of that. That's pretty interesting, but it's also not too hard for us to make those same kinds of predictions. So, uh, you know, is there any sort of predictions that these ETs or whatever they are, ET meaning from the future, uh, you know, in this case, is because there's a whole bunch of different perspectives and on what ET means or ways of looking at it. But in this case, from the future, where they say, okay, on this date, on this time, this is going to happen, and it actually happens. But something more concrete, you know, where, I don't know, lottery numbers, newspaper headlines, something really specific, instead of these sort of vague notions that we always get that pretty much anybody could come up with. Well, I'd like to take issue with referring to these as predictions predictions innately sounds more speculative and you could almost substitute the word speculations in there as a synonym what i was just describing is based on established trends in hominin evolution and i think it's important to make a distinction between predictions and trends for instance how we're always trying to figure out what flu vaccine we're going to need in each individual year and it's based on past data and use that past data to try to predict which one of these strains will come out. Uh, you can look at modeling, you can do computer simulations, and then they, the 
health department, the CDC picks whichever one they think is going to be, and, and it's based on data. So it's the same thing. I'm not speculating about what um, is going to happen in the future. Or- oh, no, excuse me for a sec. I'm, I'm not saying you're speculating. I'm talking about stories of the occupants of these craft, the aliens who you, well, you do kind of speculate that the aliens might be uh, future representations of humanity but yeah again though based on past trends and right. and, and but, the but things what, that have happened throughout our evolutionary history right and and that's fine that's that's really interesting actually we and we can certainly talk about that like separate from the idea of whether or not we believe that that's actually happening let's do our break here randall because we've got a lot more to talk about okay. i'm going to ask about traveling but, but to i'd the like future. to finish this question though I, I know, I but really I'm, would. I got a break. Yeah, what's write it, write it down. I got a break, guys. That when we come okay. back. Got a yeah. break. Hey, we'll discuss this and some ideas I have. Maybe the reverse. Can we travel to the future? What will we discover? Dr. Michael Masters with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. 
We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is George. George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, we support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Dr. Michael Masters, our guest. We're talking about UFOs from the future. Randall, you were starting up a question. Would you go ahead, please? Right. Yeah. Uh, No, I was talking about claims then let's call them claims rather than predictions that the ets themselves have made that will take place with all degree of certainty that can be confirmed without any uncertainty right i see what you're saying so if they wanted to prove that they were from the future they could say the winning lotto numbers on june 28th 2019 will be such and such and then we say yes that's what Right. Well, they should be able to do that for a week or a month. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, you know, I think I'd be inclined to listen. But it seems to me that like everything else with the UFO phenomena, it's always vague and just out of reach to get any kind of proof regarding exactly what it is we're dealing with. Right. But that specific question, also, there's a couple angles where you could come at that. If they were from, say, 10 years in the future, you would expect them to have that knowledge. They could look up various lotto numbers on the internet or newspaper and and say this is what they'll be. Once you get far enough into the future, and based on the physical characteristics of these reported uh, alien beings, it would seem that there is a pretty long time period between us now and them in the future, just based on the physical characteristics they have. and as someone who studied 
the evolutionary history of hominins and especially our cranial facial anatomy as part of my dissertation research and, and the, the papers I've published since graduating here at Montana Tech. If the same trends continued at the rate, admittedly an accelerating rate, it would probably be many thousands, if not tens of thousands of years before we actually get to that point where what we're seeing, they have those traits. And if that was the case, they, they might not have access to that information. Clearly, they have access to historical, linguistic, regional, and also temporal linguistic groups, but, but something like that. And, and also another issue with that is they would seem to be going out of their way to not really interact yet, to not just plop down and say, hey, we're from the future. Or if it is the case of extraterrestrials, hey, we're from some planet in some solar system. But in, in looking at that question, if they are time travelers, you would expect that behavior more. If they're from outer space and they flew all the way across the universe, you'd expect them to get out and interact with us more, announce their presence. But and even though, as we talked about earlier, even though there aren't paradoxes, there's not some sort of disruption or butterfly effect that happens when you interact with the past, it, it still overcomplicates things. And especially among people who don't yet know about time, like I mentioned, we don't talk about it, we don't study it. It's not something that we, as a society, are probably quite ready for. Uh, we also don't have disclosure about UFOs. It seems to be happening. But once that happens, though, it, it may be possible that there is much more intertemporal interaction and we, we break down those barriers and they probably still won't give us lotto numbers or tell us what stock to pick, but there's probably going to be more interaction and, and you would expect that to happen after we understand the situation as opposed to before it. So yeah, I, I think if they wanted to, they could easily say this is going to happen in this year because it's already a part of their history, their past. It's easier for them to see relative to us looking forward into this opaque future. But it doesn't seem like that's necessarily something well, that's on the table okay. right now. Well, okay, let's just, for a second here, let's just assume that that's the case. We're talking about time travelers. So, okay, they might not have the information, say, 10,000 years in the future, but if they wanted to prove it to us that they're time travelers, they could just come back to two or three months from our future now, check them out then, take them with them, and then come back in time and tell us. So there is nothing preventing them from actually proving it to us if they really wanted to. Yeah, not at all. I, I talk about that in the book too, and it's something that came up uh, with my class recently is, is they were all saying, aren't you sad that we'll never know in our lifetime? Like, Even though this is a testable model and it's falsifiable in the context of time because it's making a case for something in our human future, you're going to be long dead before they build these time machines. And I made that same argument that, well, they could come back and pick up anyone from at any point in our future. They'd come back and get me 30 years from now, if I'm still alive and come back and say, Hey, you're from the future. And so are they. And they gave me a ride, even though we don't have time travel technology yet. So yeah. And, and there are actually cases. I, I list a couple of reports in my book where you have individuals that look different from each other but still all very humanoid. And, and one even describes a very modern looking human in a, a suit and a tie standing in the corner with a clipboard making notes. Like Those things can all happen in the context of time travel where you could potentially have one research mission to the past with a group of biologists and medical scientists or anthropologists, linguists who are all 
collaborating on the same project at the same time period, but who all hearken from different times in our future, all of these different points throughout our future as we see them. So yeah, that's, that's definitely an aspect of it. And uh, I totally agree with you. You know, I was thinking here about traveling into the future, the reverse, like I said, and you getting into there where we go to the future, not just to see how the stocks turn out, how the horse race turns out, et cetera, et cetera, but to look at the developments of the future. So, for example, I remember the movie Star Trek for Voyage Home, where Scotty needs to have some kind of surrounding for these humpback whales that's strong enough to bring into the stolen Klingon ship. And oh my he God, invents transparent aluminum yeah. using their early Macintosh computer. Mm-hmm. And then he makes a remark, which is, you know, after being notified by Dr. McCoy, aren't you changing time by doing this? And he responds, maybe that's the way it turned out that he was the one who invented it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this has been a fun trip down memory lane here. It's bringing back all of these movies and shows I haven't thought about for so long. But yeah, um, that's the thing is, is if that is something he had done, then that's something he had always done. And it, the same thing exists with Roswell. And again, we think of these as paradoxes, but they're non-paradoxical. And so with, with the Roswell crash, if it did indeed happen, and we were gifted technology from our future, the, the big question is, well, then who invented it? And that seemingly is quite paradoxical. The people in the past didn't invent this technology because it just crashed into that point in the past. But if they reverse engineer these things and they figure out how to use the electromagnetic force to propel these craft and to bend space time and to travel back in time, then the people in the future also didn't create those things because it was a, a product of technology that happen to crash into the past. And and we refer to these as consistency paradoxes, but they're not paradoxical because there doesn't need to be anyone that's created it. It can just always exist without an actual creator. And it's the same thing with Scotty in that particular episode is if, if he did this and it didn't exist yet, then he has always been the creator, even though he may have not necessarily been such. Well, I'm one of the people who take the side of the Vulcan Science Directorate, and uh, they determined that time travel is impossible. So, <laughs> Why can, is that? <laughs> Why, what are your qualms with the physics of time and time travel? I'm curious, because you do seem to, to have a bias against it. Well, having reflected on it quite some depth myself, and look at how the physicists themselves look at it, and look at how philosophers look at it, then what it seems to be the case is that in when it comes to the science of it that's based on the mathematics and mathematics is really easy to move things around you can make things go backwards you can make things go forwards if an equation works out going one direction it'll work out going the other direction but math is very different from real life math is a description of what's going on in real life. So simply because you can put something down in numbers doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the real world. We could take, for example, say Asher's staircase in a 2D picture, and we could plot out what seems to be all of the coordinates of those stairs. And yet, if we were to try to build that in the real world, we would never get those stairs to connect. I think there's some fundamental philosophical flaws in the argument 
and especially that whole idea of this uh, block time thing. So it works out, best I can figure it, that if there is such a thing as, say, a block time, like our universe is set like a great big giant long movie on a holographic stage of some kind, well, sure, it could be possible to cut and paste something from one part of it into the other. Before we cut and paste anything, we have to cut and paste these announcements. All right, get the clipboard. Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-506-6740. 800-506-6740. That's 800-506-6740. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Of course, people then say I'm a cut-up, but that's a very, very bad joke. Dr. Michael Masters is with us. We're trying to sort out time. By the way, Michael, did you ever see the movie Arrival with Amy Adams playing a linguist? Oh, good one, Gene. Yeah. No, I haven't, actually. She actually has the role of a, a linguistic specialist. In right. Film. She's trying to communicate with aliens yeah. that arrive. And the key here is their manner of communication is based on time. How about that? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you would like it. It's, I mean, um, the movie starts off with her having flashbacks, but it, by the end of the movie, you realize that they're not flashbacks. They're 
flashbacks of the future. Yeah. You'd probably really like it, actually. Yeah, no, I appreciate the recommendation. I'm going to check that out when I get home. But just picking up where we left off before the break there, I was saying, okay, so once we get to that stage, we can say, okay, sure, there really isn't anything preventing the possibility of some greater beings uh, outside this universe from cutting and pasting something from any particular point in the overall timeline into another part in the timeline. So that could happen, but that's not the same as really time travel in the sense that we tend to think of it. Because what happens from there is once they once the whole thing continues, you end up with a different scenario each time. So it's not like this block time is a static thing, like a frozen crystal that has everything in it that you could read off like a movie. It changes. It's dynamic. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think you're you're oversimplifying what the, the that block is. It is the change that takes place. Like I said, it's the it's every moment. It's every state of being from the very beginning of the Big Bang to the end of time itself. So yeah, there's change that takes place throughout that. It's not a static block where nothing changes. There's still the fourth dimension, but our brains can't conceptualize it that way. That's why whenever you represent time in two dimensions, you have to get rid of one dimension of space because our, we don't have a way to represent that. So, so no, you should think of four-dimensional space-time not as a static block, but that movement is a part of that block. It's, it's still changing throughout, and, and you're p- changing your position in it, whether you go to the future or the past is always going to be a part of those things, a part of those events in the past and the future. So no, it's not static in any way. I guess I used that term, which was a little misleading. The thing is, is that's only after it's happened. So what we've got here are two different conflicting points of view on we're saying, well, in one case, we've got this giant block that is the way it has been and the way it always will be. And yet we can change it by moving things around. Well, if that's the case, mm. then time isn't something that you can just say it's always been this way and always will be that way there it doesn't work but what you can do is you can go back say to a specific point in the overall time and branch off a whole new timeline from it but then again that's not the same as this typical sort of version of time that well yeah talk about the, the one that dominates the understanding of physicists. I mean, we could we could come up with any scenario that you know different worlds pop up, different universes bud off, and we, that's yeah. how we started this show is with these scenarios. But that's not how physicists understand it. And so, in writing this book, all I try to do is show what the consensus is among leading experts who actually do have. And understanding of this and coming back to what you're talking about this issue it's not about cutting and pasting something you're always a part of that past anything you did in that past Novikov said it best he said the future can dictate events occurring in the past because the future present and past are all one none of them are ahead of or behind the other in the presence of a time machine so if you have this device that can transcend space-time you can have a future cause and a past effect, but that past effect is still a part of the future. They're all integrated. They're all linked. And that's our understanding of of, of time and space-time ever since Minkowski and Einstein. And I, I would never argue with those guys personally. Like, yeah, we can come up I with would. these scenarios. <laughs> we, can I mean, cite, we can cite different movies, which are fictional, which are right. based on somebody's idea that's not scientific fact. But I, I'm going to side with, with the people who have studied these things for 100 years. 
course. Okay, so you talked about special relativity. What that is, is it works out to be a geometrical representation of how things move in space. Okay, there's a big difference between a geometrical representation of how things move in space and space the way it actually is in the world beyond our uh, subjective reality. Well, special relativity was kinematic. When he published his paper on special relativity in 1905, it was kinematic. It didn't say anything about the curvature of space or oh, time. It was Minkowski. Me, general, it was, general relativity. General relativity grew out of Minkowski's right. geometric space-time. And, and yeah, that, that involves a warpage of space-time. Right. Had my terms mixed up there. But they still put the whole thing together in a way that relates and describes the way that things behave in our universe very well. But describing how things behave in our universe isn't the same as the universe itself. And so you, you can take equations and you can run them backwards and forwards, but that doesn't mean you can take a universe and run it backwards and forwards. You know, I mean, it's fine. You can take all these equations and say, okay, in the universe, if we apply these equations to the universe, we can go backwards and forwards. But we really, like, let's take a look actually at the nature of time itself, what it actually is and what it boils down to from a philosophical sense. And you see what you would think of this, or maybe we could branch off in this direction, is it's change. The smallest level, it's change. And yes, you may be able to take a proton or a single atom and move it back into position, the same position it was in in space before at some time. But say you did that, say, you know, you could do that with an object on your desk, move it from one position and then somehow make it go back to the position it was in before. Well, in order for time to actually go backwards for everything else, you'd also have to move the table and the house and the road and the planet and the sun and everything else that goes on along with it. So it gets a lot more complicated than simply thinking that, well, because some equations can go backwards and forwards, so can the universe itself, in my view. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what the book's about. I, 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 I put out our modern understanding of time and the way physicists and cosmologists understand time and go back to the very earliest philosophers. And I feel like a lot of this contention comes down to you focusing on, on the philosophy aspects of it, like, uh, uh, the logical sides of it, and, and being more dismissive of the physical aspects of it than research that's been done on that oh, side. No, not at all. In fact, I, you know, I know that I know how atomic clocks work. I know how they measure time. Looking into it myself, what they have is, say, the decay and the, of certain atoms, and that's measurable at a certain yeah. rate, and that sort of thing. But again, what we're dealing with there, then, is a measurement of something that occurs in space, an, actual, an yeah. actual particle or something like that. So it's a but change. You can't, you can't separate space and time, though. The, they're intimately fused as, as one entity well, so so to talk uh, about space separate from time doesn't really fit with with can. our understanding of it well you can just, even, even mean, if you were if you were going to move that thing from one space to another wouldn't you admit that by default there has to be some time component it doesn't just appear in another place and even if it did its existence oh, here in course. this place there's there's time that takes place time so i don't see how you can equation. separate them yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. there 
time is a part of the equation, but how time is measured is the key to knowing whether or not there is any time to the equation. So in other words, if unless you can measure a change in something, there is no time. So if, in other words, if every proton, neutron, electron, or string, or whatever it happens to be that is in existence everywhere, if they didn't change at all, there would be no way to measure time except for outside of that system. You know, we got to do our break here, and we have another system to introduce you to. And once that system is gone its way, we'll be back with Gene Randall and Michael. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800 Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're trying to discern time. Randall, continue, right. please. Yeah, so philosophically, that has to be the case because the only way we can know that any time is taken place is by the changes that we can measure. Now, that strongly implies that what we're dealing with, if there is time travel, is some way, shape, or form of getting outside the system we're in and changing things around from that perspective. So we have the idea of a trans-universal visitation or means. And that's why I say cut and paste from, from the viewpoint from outside the system. And scientists are taking this pretty seriously, too. We may be some sort of vast simulation from outside the system. Things can be changed around at will. And that could seem a lot like time travel, too. Anyway, this isn't my book. It's yours. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I guess, I guess I was just trying to get it at some sort of fundamental place in which we we're not seeing eye to eye on this. And I guess we just found it because if you don't see time and space as a part of this system and all the same system, and if they are from us from the future, coming back into their own past within our same universe, within our same time, within our same timeline, within the same block time, if you see them as being outside and putting things in, then that's, yeah, that's a very clear indication of where we diverge here. Well, sort of. What what I'm saying is that the only really way to to move anything from one time to another within this system that we're in now would be from a perspective that's outside the system. Some means ha- you have to move something from, say, the the timeline way in the future to to the timeline now. There has to be a way to do that. Right. Yeah. And that that was, that was chapter seven in the book, the whole, almost the entire chapter. I do bring in some um, abduction reports and other sightings. It's, I guess, a little tangential from what we're talking about. So I won't go down that rabbit hole, but, but I do describe what the physical properties of bending space time are back into the past, into your own past, not into somebody else's past or in a different universe or different timeline, but 
what what we know through the study of physics and, and Einstein's field equations, the the lens theoring effect, this gravitational time dilation effect that takes place when you rotate massive objects with the right energy and mass properties, how you actually do bend space-time back into your own past within the same system, not outside of it, but within the same system where you have always done that. You've always been doing that. You've always been a part of that past. That's a really interesting example. I think, think we saw some of that in the movie Interstellar, where they got around a really massive object. But, but let's look at that a little closer now. What we've got is a, an isolated system. Okay, so within the gravitational field effects, all of the particles or energy or whatever makes up the beings that are in that tend to slow down. That much has been proven yeah, that that's can, that, to that can happen. The localized, from, localized reference frame. Yeah, but from outside that particular view, that whole system is still moving through space and doing its own thing completely mm-hmm. separate from what's going on inside Local of that closed line. system. Yeah. So a lot of this is really relative. So it's Absolutely. not like they can go with back in time within that system and then come out of that system and have time in the rest of the universe also be reversed it's only local why not why not that they're changing their position a localized space time uh the inside the craft or around the craft whatever is warping it but yeah they change their position in global space time um so if they go back say 100 years into the past the world the the system is still the same they appear there uh, they can return to the time in which they left in global space time by changing their position in local space time. So yeah, it's absolutely relativity, as you said. Yeah, but there's sort of like a, a what seems to me to be a false assumption there, because we see that same planet, we don't see it going backwards in time. You know, maybe a star, or a black hole, or whatever it happens to be. Oh, well, we right? do though. If you looked at Earth right now from a planet, sixty-five million light years away you'd see dinosaurs right now you would see the past because it took 65 million years for the light from earth to reach that planet so there is still a time effect okay but that's another different perspective let's say you're in a spaceship that's off out of the gravity well of this planet well enough to see it and be part of it and measure how far it's gone in the period of time that say your away team has gone away now your away team goes down and what happens is all of the particles that make up their existence slow down while yours stay the same so they come back not aged as much as you are but Mm -hmm. simply because their particles have all slowed down doesn't mean the rest of the universe has you see what i'm saying yeah you're just describing relativity and earlier you you said special relativity and and almost a hateful sort of way like special (laughs) relativity but now you're just citing relativity that's all that's all this is yeah, that's all part of it. So, so again, I mean, it doesn't really, we travel through time in different ways and at different rates, depending on how much movement there is in the constituent parts that make up our existence. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's the basis of this special theory of relativity. Yeah. In that sense, what we have is an understanding of time that is based again on change. So the whole universe in this block time thing we can't look at it as a static thing, and it 
I mean, in one sense, you can say, okay, all of the stuff you're saying could be possible. If it was all kind of static, then you could take this and put it here and there'd be no paradox. But the thing is, is it's not static. I so, regret ever using that word. It, you know, you're right. It's not static. Well, I, you didn't, I shouldn't have used that word because it's not a static thing. I was trying to give the listener a way of conceptualizing it. Um, but within that, because, because we can't visualize four dimensions, especially three and then four all together, like every moment in the universe. So I was trying to give the listener a way of conceptualizing this entire system of events. But no, it's, it's certainly not static. There's change across right. the entire thing. Right, which means that the future isn't necessarily set. Well, it depends on whether you're looking at it from the past or from the future. If you're looking at it backwards, yeah, it's all set. There's only one outcome. There was one history. If you're looking at it from the future, then it comes back to free will again. There's the perception that there's all these things that could happen, but in the end, there's only one thing that did happen. Now, therefore, we can't send someone back to prevent John Kennedy or John Lennon from being killed because that's already set in stone, as it were. Yeah, if it happened, it will always happen. And that's that's at the root of the grandfather paradox. If your grandfather lived long enough to make your parents who made you, there's no way to kill your grandfather. It's it's not a paradox because he's just always been alive. And you were too. The way they do in fiction, of course, is to just change the circumstance. So if you avoid one way of dying, something else arises. Yeah, you mentioned a, a film when we first started talking. I tried to write it down, but I didn't quite get it in time where that, that same thing took place. Let's talk about that in our next segment, okay? And I have a bunch of questions about the ubiquity of UFOs and abductions. More to come with Michael, Gene, Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump went to North Korea. It was a short but very historic visit as he was the first to cross into the country from the demilitarized zone. He was there greeted by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who spoke through his interpreter. I've never expected to meet you at this place. Then, 
just after that. President Trump has just walked across the demarcation line that made him the first U.S. president to visit our country. They posed for pictures in the North, then they both walked together to meet with South Korean President Moon Jae-in in the South. A lot of really positive things are happening, and uh, I'm glad you could be here to see it, but tremendous positivity. Really great things are happening and in a lot of places, but uh, we met and we liked each other from day one, and that was very important. This is USA Radio News. Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. She went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. That's 1-800-370-2715. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what. You're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have Dr. Michael Masters, second half of the Paracast with Gene Randall, talking about the possibility that UFOs, UAPs, flying saucers are identified as visitors from the future. Fascinating, isn't it? Now, I had one question which keeps nagging at the back of my head here. Abductions. We have all these cases of individuals being abducted by these beings. And the beings will communicate when they do that they are from another planet, not that they are our future versions of ourselves. What bothers me is the ubiquity of the abductions. Not that you have a few, but you have so many over and over again. What is the motive for the future person to come back here and abduct people and do all this nonsense? Well, as a past person, I obviously can't know the the answer to that, but based on what's described in these reports, it is very similar to 
what I as an anthropologist would do, and specifically a paleoanthropologist, if I had access to this technology, we're somewhat limited in what we can study without time travel. I've worked on digs in South Africa a couple of years and a Neanderthal site in southern France one summer. And you're digging stuff up and you're finding little fragments of bone. In the case of Neanderthals, you're finding their stone tools that they were making. But you have to piece together then what their actual life way was, as we refer to it. If you had the ability to actually bend back space-time and to observe these individuals in an anthropological context, uh, study their their physiology, of course, not just from the fossilized bones and the teeth that are left behind, but to actually examine them and take skin samples and fecal samples and semen samples and hair samples. And you could understand the entire genome of different groups that lived throughout different periods of the past. And, and the amount of data you could get from an hour with the Neanderthals that we were studying that date back about 75,000 years ago I mean, that that would pale in comparison to, relatively speaking, how little you get from the four years that we worked at this site, Chez Pinot Ajonzac. So there there seems to be some correlation or at least some interesting parallels between what these abduction accounts describe and, and what we would do as anthropological researchers with that technology. But how often do you need to do it? To get the information, how often you, do you need to repeat the same process? Yeah, I mean, that, that comes down to sampling at that point. And again, it's complicated. If, if we said that we now, from this time period in 2019, wanted to have a very clear picture of our evolutionary past, we, we probably wouldn't go back 10 years ago. We have records and we have medical records for those types of things, but we would probably sample time periods at thousand, ten thousand year intervals. Obviously sometimes they're going to be more interesting than than others, especially from a, a cultural standpoint. Um, and that may be why you see more of these craft around important historic and prehistoric sites. If if there's more interest in those time periods from a, a cultural standpoint, you would expect to see more activity in and around those regions at different points in time. But as far as what I do as a biological anthropologist, I would go back and, and try to get a representative sample from different geographic locations at well-positioned time periods throughout the past. But again, that's just me now. What if those records are lost? What if that data is lost in the future? Or other groups that spend too long, there's been more change. They're sampling their own past at different intervals. So we wouldn't expect it to be necessarily patterned. Um, and doing an interview recently, somebody mentioned that cattle mutilations, somebody did a re- research project looking at the reports of cattle mutilations, which need to be reported. If somebody loses their livestock, they uh, want to get reimbursed from the government for that. So they report the instance. And um, a lot of times there's not much of an investigation. It gets kind of pushed under the rug. But uh, this particular individual, and I apologize that I don't remember who they were, but did this study and showed that there's actually this pattern to them. And it's, it's, it's synchronous through time that almost every five years, you see a spout of these cattle mutilations, which would also indicate sort of a similar type of thing that we're talking about here, where it's, it's some sort of temporal sampling where you're picking specific times to collect data from whatever you can get from these particular individuals. They're 
fortunately not really doing it to humans. There's not human mutilations to get that data. They picked uh, something that we already kill and eat, uh, which is nice. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of correlates or at least things that I think uh, indicate that it's something very similar to what we would do now if we had that technology. Then, therefore, the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger didn't survive to the future. Or otherwise, they wouldn't even need to care about cattle. I'm just kidding, folks. Yeah. No, I like it, though. I've, I've often speculated that they, these are just people coming back for a good barbecue and their cows aren't as good as ours. So they <laughs> come back and get some good meat. We've got some delicious meat out here in Montana. We're known for our cattle ranching. Remember, soil and green is people. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're all eating people. They just want something different. <laughs> so when I tried a Beyond Burger the other day at Carl's Jr. or Hardee's, what am I eating? It says it's supposed to be plant-based. I assume it's real. That's I mean, they've got famous people involved in the company, including Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's not doing anything funky. But, you know, that's not it. Now, in terms of time travel, are we at any stage now at a point where we would be able to do this? When do you think we can perfect this technology? I have no idea. Um, I wish I knew. that. That's something. I mean, I think it plays into the whole disclosure thing. If we did get technology gifted to us 70 years ago or at whatever time, and, and looking at the way the Roswell case went down especially, they realized this was something special. And it probably wasn't initially evident that it may have been something we made from the future. But even outside of that, it was instantly gobbled up by the military. And that makes sense. If you have something that could run circles around your enemies, you would guard that with your life. And it makes sense how if we're just starting to see this come out and we're starting to get disclosure and and obviously people have been saying this for decades but something about right now does feel at least a little bit different it's probably unfortunately some aspect of military applications that there's something happening or something that's going to happen where this technology can be revealed or would need to be revealed i hope that's not the case i hope i'm i'm wrong about that but yeah, it's the same thing with the time travel aspects. I, th- I think the focus is probably, and I'm just speculating now, uh, the focus has probably been on making a craft that can destroy our enemies. And that's probably why uh, I heard somebody else say this recently in an interview I was listening to. I think it was, it should have been Stephen Greer on uh, the UFO News Network recently. But he was saying that the reason why it's different here in the U.S. compared to Belgium and Canada and other places where they've been very open and forthright about UFOs and these technologies is because we actually have something, that we do actually have something that we need to protect or want to protect, whether we're aware of or able to replicate its time travel capabilities, that there is a military secret involved with this. I'll tell you something here, just to go back through the history of the Paracast. If Stephen Greer said the sun was shining, I'd look up to confirm it. Okay? i just leave it at that. In terms yeah. of Roswell, there is a book out there you might want to read called Roswell in the 21st Century from Kevin Randall. And he yeah, goes back to, to the evidence. Randall, uh, yeah, yeah. We had a long talk on uh, his radio show not too long ago. Okay, so there are certain, obviously, doubts as to what might have 
actually occurred there. But even if we did retrieve advanced technology from wherever, okay, do you see at all any evidence of the use of that advanced technology? I'm not talking about the day after Roswell. I'm talking about something real. We've got more to come. Dr. Michael Masters, identified flying objects from the future. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So my question was about Roswell. Whatever crashed there, whatever happened there, do we at all see evidence of being able to, number one, even handle advanced technology, and if we could, are we just scraping the edges? What do we see? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point I was trying to make, is that we wouldn't expect to see anything, at least not the craft themselves. There could be some aspects of technology, and I've I've heard people argue that the internet or computer technology or some things have grown out of that. I'm not going to speculate on that, but as far as the craft itself, it makes a hell of a lot more sense than this archaic vector propulsion system where we all climb in these climate-controlled death pods and strap rockets to them and shoot them through space with Bernoulli's principle, which is even older. Like if we, if we could harness the electromagnetic force and repel gravity with that, there's a strong incentive to do that for, obviously, military reasons, the military-industrial complex really i'm I'm not trying to get deep state here but they govern so much of what happens geopolitically throughout the world and that's not speculation that's not conspiracy theory that's true uh you can look at lobbying reports and the amount of money that's spent and tony blair and george bush and the iraq war there's just so much evidence of how the things that we do bolton right now trying to send us into a new war to line the pockets of, of people involved in these things but if we have these technologies, they're going to be kept secret. They're not going to be brought out until it's either necessary. But, but yeah, there, there could have been things that came out. I don't know. I think when it's said, it sounds sort of conspiracy-y. <laughs> don't know if you could throw an extra Y on that or not. But the craft themselves, if we did reverse engineer that or at least figure out some of its physical characteristics and the material science behind it and the engineering, I, I don't think we would expect to see that until it's time. You know, regardless of the situation, like maybe it's really interesting to get kind of hung up on the, the details of time travel and is or is it not possible? And if so, how? But in a way, it's almost irrelevant to the to the point that you're making in that somehow something is taking place that seems to give us the impression that that's taking place. And 
for a number of really good reasons that you've done some research on. And I find that quite fascinating in and of itself. Wait, are you agreeing with me about something? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, okay, I'll like, alert the media. <laughs> yeah. Let, wow. All right. Uh, uh, the, oh, yeah. One of the things we do here is we, we do tend to dig a little deeper into the discussions. Like, oh, I love it. I love like it. you've you've got like in, you, you know, you've come at it from one perspective in terms of time travel. I've I sort of think of, well, what are the other possibilities? Like how, if you've watched the 2016 Isaac Asimov memorial debate um, on uh, whether or not the universe might be a simulation, for example, what we get into there is the idea that there's um, could be multiple universes and that perhaps they're simulations. And we've got serious scientists on this panel and philosophers like David Chalmers, professor of philosophy at NYU, and theoretical physicist Lisa Randall, and a number of others who are just, I mean, they're serious scientific people. They take it seriously enough to go, well, yeah, maybe that's possible. Well, if that's the case, if we've got, say, two universes on some sort of parallel evolution, then going from one to the other, if their evolution was at slightly different stages or at different stages, then it would look like time travel. Yeah. And there'd be no paradox. That's a big if, though. Again, it's if their evolution happened to be at the same place and they could jump across these dimensions or universes or yeah yeah because then you could go back and forth you could completely eliminate all the paradoxes there'd mm-hmm. be no no issues with that whatsoever it could explain how they kind of seem to pop in and out of our existence that kind of thing yeah time, so time travel explains that too but but you're right if if we do look at it as the multi-worlds theory there there are aspects of that there there are some pitfalls too i i don't know if there's time to really like dive deep into this question of the multiverse. Sure, we could go into a couple of them because I absolutely love this stuff for the sake of discussion. You know? Yeah, me too. It's it's really interesting. If The problem is, though, with the multiverse is that if there are all of these different universes next to each other, like balls and sort of billiard balls all on a giant table or whatever, we have some of the same limitations that we have with other planets where it's a different uh, distance from its sun, gravity, all the things I talked about earlier, you might potentially have something completely different, different laws of physics involved in these other universes. So, yeah, this this idea to assume that we're all the same or similar, just slightly different versions. And then if they come here, like we we can barely even get something out to the edge of our solar system. It's probably never going to be possible to go to a different galaxy but to go clear to the edge of our universe to get to another one oh, would involve yeah, yeah. vast distances. Well, or, or the idea, or I guess, it, is that we just jump between them somehow. But I've yet to hear somebody explain okay. the physics of how we jump between okay. different universes. The idea is that if what we've got are multiple universes that are set up like simulations within a larger framework, that from the point of view of the framework, there is no distance. So again, cutting and pasting from one location to the other from the point of view of the system, there is no distance. It could happen instantaneously. And all we need to do is have access to that system and know how to access it and be able to say, we want these coordinates. We yeah. want to go there. Right. So, But, but, but that's my question is I have I've not seen anything on how we access it, how we get in or out. In looking at the, the, the physics of backward time travel, you can see how the physical properties of a specific 
craft spinning at the right speed with the right mass or energy could warp space-time to do this. But I've never seen anything. First of all, we don't even know if the multiverse is true, and there's no way to test it, which already makes it problematic. But then to say, well, how do we get between them is, is a huge ask, in my opinion. Well, I mean, it's as simple, again, as cut and paste from the point of view of the system, where if we're all data points... It's right. as simple as saying that, but what yeah. are the physics involved in transporting humans from one universe to another one? It's just as easy as the math that goes along if, with uh, what you're saying. It's just a different. All, if they exist at all, we still don't have any indication. And, and many would argue that it's not actually possible to even test if there are multiple universes. Oh, it could be testable. If, if you watch the debate, one of the things they're doing is setting up scientific experiments now, actually. Uh, Zori Davuti, theoretical physicist at MIT, they have a program where they're examining the, the background noise to look for specific patterns that would be indicative of our universe being actually a simulation. And that there's ways that they figure that they can determine that it is. But again, I mean, this is all fascinating stuff to deal with. But it, it's kind of separate from the point that you've been making that there's this commonality between the experiencers. So whether they're coming from another universe or from forwards in time, they have these, this, these certain commonalities with us, and they seem to be, and, and I'm not sure if, if you'd agree with this, they seem to be coming here to kind of study us for some reason or another, and maybe that's to give them some clue about their own future. Yeah, I, I would actually completely agree with that. That's kind of a big part of the book, in fact, is to look at not just the, the common characteristics among them, and there are exceptions to this, and I, I've given a couple of talks recently where you know, we've, we've, met, we've talked about the, the more rep, reptilian-like or the insect-like or even like mantis men, moth men type things. And there are exceptions, but yeah, if the vast majority of them have these same traits and they're consistently reported doing the same types of things, which as you mentioned, seem to be biomedical research in many capacities, then I think, I think that should be considered and, and we should take those into account. What do you think it all kinds of adds, adds up to in, in your mind? There must be, when you did this research, there must have been some sort of a a, at least a suspicion of what it all adds up to, a, a picture of some kind. What do you think it is? Well, I don't know. That's a tough question. Do we do we have time before the break to get into that? I might I might get a little talkative here. You know well, what? We, we have about start. forty seconds left for the segment, so let's leave it be, and we'll come back to it in our next segment. I want to remind everybody that the best way to listen to the show and support the Powercast is to become a member of the Powercast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. We offer a version of the show free of the network ads, better quality audio, and the amazing, spectacular, fabulous, I'm understating here, after the Powercast podcast, where we have William Puckett's weekly updates on the latest UFO sightings and more stuff. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Powercast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah and but i would definitely use this product this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Dr. Michael Masters says to us, he's about to start something which will consume more than 40 seconds to explain. Go ahead, please. So the question, as I remember it, is, is kind of when I started this research, what was the big picture? The, what, what did it all mean? Or, or what was I trying to understand? Or yeah, what did like I think a, I would get? Or more like as you sort of completed it and got the book done, you know, you're going to discover it's going to all come together. And there's going to be some kind of, there's, it's got to suggest something about a bigger picture. Because there's all these little pieces that, yeah. that we're, you know, so what do you think we're dealing with here? Well, it, it's funny you asked that because I guess that was kind of the point of the book is, is to paint, paint that picture, is to provide a modern understanding. And, and like I've said many times before and probably a couple of times tonight, I, I don't claim to have all of the answers. I don't claim to know everything about this phenomenon. What I'm trying to do is, is twofold. I'm trying to put one piece in the puzzle if it fits it fits if not it'll be discarded or burned in a trash can or maybe it'll fit later i don't know and the other is to just sort of open up dialogue about this i, I got an email today I've, I've been getting at least once a week people that have had experiences that reach out to me and say you know i've other than my my husband or my children that nobody else knows about this i don't talk but i heard you on this and i want to tell you about this and and it's extremely relevant to this research and i think so much more can be known 
by just talking and having a conversation. But we need to break down this taboo and the stigma that surrounds the UFO phenomenon. And and one part of the book is part of this bigger picture was just to open up a narrative, to open up a discussion and to have dialogue about these things that these real things that are happening to people. And it's so great that the people that control the narrative around this, the U.S. government are starting to say, yeah, this is a real thing. We're allowing our pilots to talk about this. We're briefing senators on this. This this is a real phenomenon, which people that listen to your podcast have known for years. But why aren't we talking about it? What what can we learn by moving past the stigma that keeps us from having uh, an open discussion about it? So so beyond that, what I try to do is just paint a picture of what we know about the phenomenon. How do we see the things that have happened? both in the prehistoric past, the historic past, and, and now in modern times, how do we understand those things in the context of this phenomenon today? Um, and then also tie in the extraterrestrial model. What, what do we know about that? And again, it's not a straw man fallacy. I'm not trying to just beat it down. But in the context of this model, show how there's many limitations associated with that. To be fair, I also talk about the limitations of the extra tempestrial model, the time travel model, and some of the things that we've discussed tonight have come up in the book as well. But but one thing, and, and you've mentioned this uh, a couple of times now, is that one of the most fun parts about writing the book was getting into this bigger picture thing. And that's why I'm glad you asked this question, because the last two chapters really focus on what this would all mean or or what are the implications of these sorts of cross-temporal relationships? Why yeah. why would they be doing this? What what's the outcome of this? What could happen as a result of this? What might our future look like in their future? And it's the same past under this model. So what is our collective future past going to look like, especially after we have disclosure? So I think those like trying to bring together the evidence for this, but then to really get into what does this all mean? What what could it show us? What could we learn from this if we really just focused on it uh, and talked about it? What are some of the examples that you, you know you'd like to, or the the most important examples, or the the most uh, the ones with the most consequence for us? Well, I think I, I talk about time tourism a little bit, and and as far as the question of why they're here and what they're doing and and i've seen a couple people write recently that if we are in a a post-disclosure process it's no longer about if these are real but who are they and what are they doing and that's actually what i wrote the book about so I'm, i'm very happy to see that but but i talk about time tourism a little bit and how it's not just potentially a way for people to see the past, but it could be a driver of this technology in the same way that you have all of these private enterprises uh, like Amazon and Virgin Airlines racing to get people into space because they can charge a buttload of money to take people into space. You could charge even more money to take somebody back to their favorite time period to see something happen that they really love, a part of history or prehistory that they really love. And And I also draw a distinction between these abduction cases where it does seem to be research, biomedical research and examining our evolutionary past and human culture and biology versus those so many pictures you see of just the, the craft hanging out along the edge of uh, some clouds. And, and 
those types of situations of the Foo Fighters during World War II, if uh, that reigns supreme is a very interesting war in human history, because we do have the sadistic love of warfare, unfortunately. And if, if that continues, we would expect to see tourists during those time periods uh, around monuments. And even today, tourism to different places, the different historic and prehistoric sites is the, the biggest grocer, the biggest moneymaker uh, across the whole, the whole tourism industry, Machu Picchu, Karaong, Stonehenge, uh, the Great Pyramids. So if, if that fascination with our own past continued, you would expect to see tourism as some part of that. And it's something that, that Stephen Hawking used to talk about. Another physicist who I have great respect for, Paul Davies, talked about a lot in some of his books. So that was one of those things, like, like a big picture thing. What are the implications? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And I think that's uh, potentially at least one aspect of it. That's really interesting. Uh, you know, when you when you said like, well, hey, you know, you could maybe take someone back in time and time tourism, and and they could have an experience there, and then that experience, if they'd never gone back to that particular time before, in and of course this gets into the whole thing of the dynamics again of a, of the changing system. But let's just setting that all aside what might happen then is that the people who are there are going to have a slightly different experience than they had before and maybe that might lead to something like this mandela effect thing that we've been hearing about you know what i'm talking about there mm-hmm. what you, yeah what do you think of that yeah it's it's essentially the, the same thing we were talking about earlier with different timelines different things that can take place, especially if you went to your own past. Um, and, and I talk about this in the book too, in, in the context of what happens if you time travel and the, the mechanisms, the philosophy behind it, that if you visit yourself in the past, if you have a memory as a small child of meeting yourself as an older person, physicists know without a doubt that once you get to be that person at that age in your future, you will go back in time and meet yourself in the past, just again, because of the self-consistency that these things are linked across different periods in, in space-time. So I, again, I'm, I, I tend to adhere to the view of, of Nabokov and, and, and Kip Thorne and Kling uh, Kammer and, and uh, David Deutsch even, um, that these things are self-consistent, that you're not really causing some sort of change that takes place. but. Uh, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think that's consistent, but but still, that consistent doesn't change. With what? Well, consistent. You're saying, well, there's a change taking place, but there's not a change taking place. When I didn't say right, no change like took place, though. Right. Um, well, if the system is such that a person doesn't have the experience of a time traveler suddenly appearing in front of them. But then they have a memory that suddenly they did. Oh, no, no, no. You misunderstood right? what I was saying. You misunderstood what I was saying. Let me clarify that. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't we clarify that in our next segment? Leave a cliffhanger for the benefit of our listeners. As we're trying to sort out time travel, identify flying saucers, and more. With Gene, Michael, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. (laughs) 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Do you own a timeshare? Well, you probably now realize it wasn't a good idea and the financial strain it's putting on you and your family has you stressed and you probably think there's no way out. This is Steve Sanchez and you know I've been an advocate for hardworking Americans just like you for 27 years and there's a way out of this financial nightmare and my friends at Wesley Financial, the leading timeshare cancellations company in the country, can help you cancel your timeshare guaranteed. Being lied to, misled, and pressured into buying a timeshare doesn't have to be your story but freedom of being out of it can be. I have a special free information kit that will give you the step-by-step process that Wesley Financial uses to get you out of your timeshare guaranteed. Call 1-800-501-6100. That's 1-800-501-6100 or visit stevesanchez.info. You don't have to have the financial nightmare of a timeshare any longer. Wesley Financial can help you get out guaranteed. Call 1-800-501-6100. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I wish to assure you that when J. Randall Murphy does the Paracast for the Echo, he is not delivering us a voice from different time streams. You were going to correct something, Michael. What was that about? Yeah, in our previous conversation before the break, I wasn't saying that that individual as a child suddenly has a memory that wasn't there. They meet themselves from the future. And and all I was saying is the consensus among physicists is that once they get to be that old, if you met yourself at yeah, age I got 35 that. when you were five. There's nothing that changed. It's all still self-consistent. Right. That's there not wasn't... what I was talking about, though. I was like talking about more like uh, time tourism, right? Where say you've got a whole bunch of people and they want to go back in time to some other time that they've, you know, experienced. You know, hypothetically, they could go back and stand at a stadium and at a concert right next to themselves. That would be so fun. I would love to party with myself. I mean, yeah, that would be really that would be really cool. Oh my but, god, that'd be awesome. But that would be a change from the overall timeline because there's a period where to get from the time where the person was standing alone to way in the future where they come back, that never happened. It did, though. Why? I don't understand why you say that. Because it's only at some point in the future that they decide to go back. But they have always gone back. And the proof is that but, they were there in the first place. But the always gone back, that's the inconsistency. It's, it's not like saying there is and though. isn't something. If they were partying next to you at a Pearl Jam concert, you bought yourself a beer from the future. There's consistency there because we know with absolute certainty that once you're that age in the future, you come back and have a beer with your former self at a Pearl Jam concert. There's nothing inconsistent about that at all. I guess maybe you just aren't seeing it from the same perspective as I am. I'm not sure how we could get through that. Okay, say let's say some of the videos I've seen where they try to explain this, you'll see sort of a great big picture of the expanding universe and way into the past and way into the future, and that you could slice it up like a slice of of bread. Well, at, at this particular slice in time, there is no person standing next to them at that concert. Right. So they never right. came back. And so talked. you have to go forwards in all these slices until that technology is developed in order because this is a dynamic thing it's not a pre-existing static block it time evolves until you get to the point where you can go back in time but if you weren't there in the past you never did well if you're there now right if we're here now then there's still an evolution that has to take place into the future before you can get to the time travel to be able to come back right so the assumption that it's just a big block that all, that exists and it has already taken place in the future, that doesn't really work. Are you one of the people <laughs> that hates when people say that free will doesn't exist? Because I kind of feel oh, like no. I'm hearing the same things no. that I hear I... from these people. <laughs> when I no. say free will's an illusion, they're like, no, I hate you. It's all stupid. No. We have these different timelines and everything can change. Oh, I think it's really interesting. And actually, I'd, I'm probably one of the people who would tend to agree that most of life is beyond our control in terms of what we commonly think of as free will as being a conscious decision to make a choice. Because most of our choices, and we know this from 
biology and neuroscience take place at very small levels within our nervous system in our brain before we ever become aware of them. So if we never become aware of the choices we're making before they're made, how can we say we made a choice? (laughs) And I talk about that research a lot in my book too. It's it's fascinating to me and it comes back to consciousness. And yeah, there's a whole big section about the different experiments with pricking fingers and even light bouncing off something and how we register it is behind the actual event. And we we impose this string of events on something that had already happened. And, and yeah, I think that neuroscience aspect of it's also important to consider with regard to free will. Because if it's happening, if we perceive it, if we understand it after it's already happened, how can you say that we're controlling anything? Exactly. And this is a friendly discussion between uh, two people who have you know, thought a lot about the subject. And I am so uh, you know, really honored to be able to discuss this with you. And, and I, that's the spirit in which I take it, because I absolutely love this stuff. And, yeah, me too. And it's fun don't... to argue about, too. I feel like people get deeper into things when they come at it from different viewpoints and, and respectfully have a discussion or a debate, even. I guess you could call it a debate, because and, and it benefits the listener, too, to be able to hear the different perspectives and a back and forth that you get through hashing it out. So I, I absolutely appreciate this type of dialogue as well. That is cool because not everybody in the world does, but uh, I thank you very much for that. It's uh, yeah, likewise. So where were we then again? Uh, okay. We were agreeing on things. That's what <laughs> happened. That's why we got lost as we started agreeing and then we totally lost our place. And you know, you've made a big mistake, Randall, agreeing with anybody, you know, <laughs> we're going to get a reputation here. Of- we're going to have to start the show over from scratch. Well, it's deep stuff. It's not easy for anyone who thinks it's just easy to try and comprehend this stuff. I mean, I'm certainly not saying I've got all the answers. No. But I do, you know, I do love the conversation. Yeah, me too. It's been fun. Like, I'm coming up on 30 interviews in the last eight months and just traveling around, having discussions with small groups and big groups. And then I'll, I'll be at the the MUFON 50th anniversary, giving a talk there next month in the International UFO Congress in Phoenix in September. And so having these conversations with big and small crowds and intimate experiences like this on, on radio and podcasts has, has been really fun. And, you know, I think the world needs more of it because if people would spend more time thinking about some of the bigger picture questions, then maybe we could let go of some of our petty differences in the the world. Absolutely. Just out of curiosity, when we're talking Mandela effect now and experiences, have you had any experiences? Do you remember Mandela uh, dying in jail or have you talked to other people with different perceptions of the time from their perspective? Um, that's an interesting question. I gave a talk in, in Livingston, Montana, and um, this individual who was very prolific in all things ufology, he's been studying it for a very long time, sent me an interesting conversation that was supposedly among a time traveler and people in this forum, I guess. And, and it was it was interesting. I mean, he was wrong about some things that were predicted, but he claimed in this that there was some sort of timeline jump uh, at certain points. He tended to adhere to that model, so you'd very much appreciate that. You know, it, it didn't seem completely real, but the things that were said by this time traveler also seemed to be pretty well thought out. So it's either somebody that was really high that thinks about this stuff a lot, who was messing with some people in a forum. 
think that was probably the well, case. Well, you know, that happens a lot. <laughs> I imagine a lot of people in these forums are very, very high. And it's legal in many places now, so that's that's okay. But I think that there have been people that have told me things, really interesting things, that they truly believe, and I believe them. I believe that these things happen. But no, not once have I heard from one of these people that there was some sort of thing that was different. A lot of these people, the experiencers, also have telepathic abilities. They're able to see things before they happen. And that in itself indicates that there's something that's going to happen that's somewhat predetermined. It does seem to back up this idea of one history, one future. Michael, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Unexpected history made by President Trump as he becomes the first sitting U.S. president to ever set foot in North Korea. The president meeting North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in the demilitarized zone between South and North Korea hours ago. But after the leader shook hands on the South Korean side, the president joined Kim in a walk across the border into North Korea. It was an honor that you asked me to step over that line and I was proud to step over the line. I thought you might do that. I wasn't sure, but I was ready to do it. And I want to thank you. It's been great. President Trump also saying he's eager to have the North Korean leader visit the White House. Former Vice Vice President Joe Biden's lead in the Democratic presidential race losing some steam. A morning consult poll finds his support dropped from about 41 to 31 percent after Thursday's debate performance. And this is USA Radio News. Between the unbeatable performance and lower operating costs, electric cars are going places like never before. In fact, a survey by Drive Change Drive Electric tells us that 8 out of 10 Northeasterners agree electric is the future of automobiles. Travel expert Zach Houghton. The vast majority of Northeast drivers, about three in four, believe it's important to move towards electric cars, and 88% also want to reduce their vehicle emissions. So while drivers are interested in these cars, the problem is that most of them don't understand how and where to charge or even realize that charging stations are available to them. 
Houghton told us a new campaign called Destination Electric hopes to change all that by celebrating businesses that support driving electric in communities across the Northeast. Destination Electric businesses all have a storefront detail to alert visitors that charging is nearby. So far, over 100 local businesses have joined Destination Electric to demonstrate their support for electric cars and to let their customers know that they could be charging while they visit. Visit Drive Electric US to learn more. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. I thought I heard thunder in the background there. Somebody, one of you guys has got a storm going on. Yeah. Be- yeah, besides me here. I'm going to go stick my microphone out the window because it's, it's like right overhead. We can see lightning strikes. Wow. Where are you exactly? I'm in Butte, Montana. And we get some pretty crazy storms here because of the mountains, really right in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we're at 6,000 feet, and the peaks go up to about 12,000, and it really messes with the with the weather here. Sounds like beautiful country, though. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's Yeah, it's amazing. So where were we? Uh, where would you like to take the conversation now? You know, I wanted to take something here, just throw out flies in the ointment, because that's our style here on the PowerCast, say things you didn't expect to say. Okay, okay, so we're Gene. assuming all this is a time thing. They're coming here from the future to see what's going on. What about the legends or stories about a breakaway civilization? There's another civilization coexisting with ours that, you know, we don't necessarily communicate with. What if they're sending advanced craft rather than visitors in the future? Yeah, I've, I've heard that quite a few times. It, it does get brought up a lot, and it's important, I think, because there is somewhat of a disconnect, unfortunately, between scientists and especially in studying our hominin past and archaeology and and our our data and our scientific papers involving how how we understand our anatomical changes and our cultural changes and it's unfortunate and it's it's a problem with science and scientific writing in general um but but i think if people had a a better understanding of the evolutionary history of life on this planet and humans on this planet and especially once we started making stone tools about 3.3 million years ago um, our, our computers, our cell phones, everything we have today is the result of an evolutionary process that started with those stone tools. Once we started to modify 
things around us for specific purposes, it, it set in motion this long history of progress to make more complex things. But within that history, there was never a point where we could have had the complexity we have today. And, and we can see this very clearly in the archaeological record and looking at that history, going back to the first stone tools, the advent of fire 1.8 million years ago, the advent of agriculture 10,000 years ago. There's just no point when any organism on our planet, and especially in the process of us becoming complex hominins, where we could have just butted off and started another civilization somewhere, and especially on a different planet. We would see evidence of that. Once we start building large structures and cities, uh, those things preserve very, very clearly in the archaeological record. Yeah, I have to completely agree with you there that that makes perfect sense. And, and it's the same, I've actually used the same rationale with uh, some of the proponents of the breakaway civilization theory. Excuse me, I'm hearing the sound of paper movement. No, that is hail. That oh, that's is hail. hail storm. Wait a minute. Live hailstorm. Live hailstorm. The gods are angry with our discussion tonight. Um, no, Use the proper like, voice. The gods are angry. <laughs> the gods are smiting us. No, I've got a great view out my window of what they call the M. That's an old volcano. It's a, it's a butte, what, the, what butte's named after. And there's this amazing hailstorm and lightning crashing and thunder. It's, I, I wish this was a, a video stream right now. I'd, I'd love for you guys to see this. You can edit that out if you have to. I kind of think it's cool to kind of add it into the show. Gives it some uh, ambience. Yeah, yeah, a little white noise. I don't think we've ever had anybody on a hailstorm. <laughs> we get them a lot out here in the early summer. Like everybody's car has giant dents in them. It's just, it's just a fact of life out here. Well, you know, body shops certainly very busy from that. You know, speaking of dents, I we don't have hail that much back in New Jersey, but I used to park my car at the train station, taking the New Jersey transit to New York City, and those cars that I had built up dozens and dozens of dings because people were pigs, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't hail. Yeah, people probably ding up cars more than hail does. Hail's probably a close second, though. That's why we have Dent Wizard. Let's go on with looking at the paranormal and the weird stuff. Now, I also have a wild idea, which is just as crazy. We talk about the legends of advanced civilizations thousands of years ago, Atlantis, etc. What if we had an advanced civilization then, and they traveled to the future? Hmm. Yeah. We'd still see evidence of that, though, I think. I I don't know how... (laughs) Atlantis is just a a myth. It's not actually a thing. The thing is, though, can we really know that we have evidence of time travel? We're just speculating here how do we prove it well again i'd like to differentiate speculation from current knowledge and trends in our knowledge because it's not just speculation it is actually rooted in a deep understanding of of physics and uh our understanding of time currently um but it comes down to something that that stephen hawking always got hung up on he he actually had 
serious debates with his colleagues who were more open to the idea that time travel exists and there's consistency. He, Hawking tended to um, adhere to something known as the chronology protection conjecture where we need to protect the past because he saw it more as these alternate timelines and things like that. Um, but, but the thing he did, which a lot, it kind of pissed a lot of people off, myself included, he was a brilliant, brilliant man. And it, he suffered through very difficult times, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease is a horrible disease. And he still persevered and, and is someone that I have great respect for. Um, but I do, I do kind of find it paradoxical that he was so dismissive of backward time travel, um, simply because he he advocated for human engineering and our abilities to conquer great problems, but still just hated this idea that we would ever travel backward in time. And this is what he always said: is that if we do have the capability to travel back in time at some point in the future, we would expect to see some evidence of that and then i make the argument that that we are that the ufo phenomenon is that that we are seeing evidence of it and that we will at some point have the ability to achieve backward time travel um so so yeah it's kind of it's all part of that same broader question i guess yeah and i think it's really interesting that you are taking the approach that you are because it you know you're not just off the cuff going well okay you know uh let's go let's do a time travel thing and approach it from the point of view of just someone who's seen a lot of sci-fi movies like you like you say on your website uh coupled with a thorough understanding of the past and modern human condition these accounts point to the continuation of established biological and cultural trends here on earth long into the distant future there's a pattern here and like they say in investing, don't buck the trend. It means something. So, you know, yeah. however it's taking place, whatever model we're looking at, you know, we know there is a trend. There's no doubt about it. And there yeah. are these experiences that people are having. Because as skeptical as I am, I'm, I'm a believer that people are having real genuine experiences with craft, seeing craft that just they're not from around here, or at least not from our current temporal if we want to include that as a condition uh environment yeah we've got I, I one more segment folks we've got one more segment and then we have to send on our guest on his way with his time machine i rode my motorcycle today unfortunately Ooh. and it's hailing and lightning all around me so i can talk for as long as you guys want to <laughs> <laughs> we got more to come with yeah, gene and randall you're in the paracast for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. From time and space, engage. I wouldn't want to ride a motorcycle under any circumstances. And you know, I'm really a Luddite here when it comes to motorcycles. 
folks, this is a true admission. I know that everybody's asked about this, nobody. I've been on a motorcycle exactly twice. I wore a helmet. A friend named Larry, many, many years ago, took me on a trip back and forth across the Brooklyn Bridge between Brooklyn and Manhattan at really, really unusually fast speeds. But I never felt tempted to get one of those things myself. So there. Well, mine's a little different. It's a, a mountain bike motorcycle. It's got a big fat tire on it. I can take it up elk hunting in the woods and stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. I would never want to just go fast down a highway. That freaks me out. I kind of like having a roof over my head. <laughs> so, you know, I can listen to music and just cruise along and be free yeah. of the hail. But I, I can kind of see the the allure of a motorcycle. I used to have a trail bike when I was a kid living out in BC, and that was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, same thing. You just don't have to pedal as hard. Or was but, the trail bike the Honda 90? Is that what you mean? Like it had a motor in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a motor in it. It mm. was just a little one. It had these big sort of nubbly tires on it. it yeah. If yeah. you wanted to go up a hill, you had to get it going really fast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess when I say motorcycle, I'm describing uh, something basic. So, but I mean, just before the break, we got talking about some of these patterns, right? And so it does kind of add up. I can see how you could think that, that there is a direction and an overall pattern to the, the sightings and the experiences that people have that point to some sort of um, an interest in our evolution and possibly theirs too. And evolution, of course, being time and them seeming to be so closely related to us. Is, you know, kind of, it's, it's certainly not as far out there as some other theories like transports from hell or whatever, you know? Yeah. No, and you mentioned uh, the idea in stocks and bonds and investing in general don't buck the trend. Um, but the SEC also says past trends are not necessarily indicative of future outcomes, or I'm paraphrasing here. And, right. and that's another thing I tried to avoid in this book was to say that this is going to happen because this is what has happened in the past. Or like I said at the, the start of the show, I didn't want to pretend like I knew where we would live in the future and what might happen if we lived there on, on Mars or in a space shuttle or space station or whatever. So I'm cognizant of that, but we also can't ignore these trends at the same time. If, if our brains have been getting bigger and importantly rounder uh, and our faces have been getting smaller throughout the entire history of human evolution, regardless of what environment we lived in, even after we migrated out of Africa and had new uh, environments and predator prey relationships, our brains still grew larger and our faces still grew smaller. And if that continues, we are likely to see these same sorts of traits and what are generally referred to as, as the greys or these humanoid type aliens. So, it, it, yeah, there's the culture aspect, there's the technology, there's the evolutionary anatomy aspects. And, and like you said, it's all just based on very long standing trends and hominin evolution. But no spaceships. No, they are spaceships. They are. Spaceships. Well, I'm thinking of spaceships in the sense of E.T. Out there, another time race of the star system coming here to say hi. Maybe. Like I said, it's possible. This is not a mutually exclusive model. It doesn't have to be the extratempestrial hypothesis or the extraterrestrial hypothesis. There can still be the possibility of extraterrestrial life. I just don't feel like, and this is my scientific opinion, 
that it would look anything like us? Oh, well, that's an interesting question. You know, some scientists say the same thing. Others have uh, the opposite opinion in terms of thinking of, and you seem to have some education in this. So one of the things that you know I've run across on the pro side, they say, well, chances are they might look a lot like us because of the way that the senses and our nervous systems are created. If you've got a nervous system and a sensory apparatus, the shortest distance from the sensors to the processing mechanism is a natural evolutionary uh, trait, it seems mm-hmm. like, in a lot of species. So we would Absolutely. see a species with a, if they have a brain at all. And, they, they would. I think they would have a brain. You know, if, if we can assume that much, then we'd, we'd probably assume that their eyes are probably connected to that fairly closely, yep. along with their ears, which would imply a head. And then a head has to sit on a neck. And then you need something to manipulate your environment. So then you're dealing with arms. Mm. Right. So, you, you know, it does sort of you, kind of logically. You started, you started in a good place there. You're right. <laughs> there would be some ability to sense things. And that's the basic function of a brain that's completely ubiquitous throughout the animal kingdom. Eyes have actually evolved 13 different times independently on this planet. I, I actually study eyes and, and the visual system as part of my non-UFO research, how I got tenure and promotion was publishing those types of things. But once you get beyond that, now you're kind of, you're right, like having limbs to support yourself, that's important. Talk an about octopus in the book. or something. You yeah, exactly. Depending but, on the uh, gravity uh, and how strong or weak it is. But vibrational sensitivity is another big one. And when you said ears and after that is where it started to get a little contentious because there's going to be vibrational sensitivity. You need to know when something's trying to eat you or if you're trying to eat it, where it is. But at the same time, we have that on our planet. Elephants communicate with infrasound. It's be below our range of hearing. The tarsier, uh, a primate relative, communicates with ultrasound. It's above our range of hearing. The, the whales I, and they... The whales, I mentioned the demon African mole rat that just bangs its head on its tunnel and communicates vibrationally <laughs> that way, but it doesn't have ears in the it's same sense that we do. And we can't communicate with any non-hominoid species on this planet. It, we can't just sit down and have a conversation with a dolphin or a turtle. So if something was evolving, even if it had ears on a different planet or some vocalization capabilities the fact that we can't talk to a horse or a cow or sheep here or we can't even communicate verbally with a chimpanzee our closest living relative indicates that we can't just assume that that's a given on any other planet even if those things did evolve independently on them then again you know chimpanzees elephants dolphins you know pretty much most of the the mammals all still have you know, a head with ears and two eyes and and their sensory perceptions. And then, of course, a head is attached to a neck. And it except is. in the case of dolphins. But that's not but, what people are describing you in know, these close encounters. They're not describing a dolphin-like thing or an elephant-like no. thing. They're describing a hominin, a human-like form. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So we, it looks like here that Dr. Masters is going to join us for the After the Paracast podcast. But the key here is you've got to join. I'll tell you later how to do it. Michael, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they go? Well, they go to Montana Tech and I guess sit in my class and listen to me talk about aliens and stuff. 
I'm kidding, obviously. The book covers all of the things we talked about tonight and more. And it's available as a paperback, an ebook, an audio book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Apple Books, Google Books, uh, Audible, and iTunes. And all of those can be found through my website, which I've recently learned is a terrible HTML. It's just a shortened version of the book, idflyobj.com, I-D-F-L-Y-O-B-J.com. I'll probably be replacing it with something better later. But We'll right have now, a link to it, by the way. That's so, thank you so much. Okay, we'll make problem. it easy for everybody to remember it. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, look for two Paracast fan clubs. One's a group, one's a community. On Facebook, we also have, as we mentioned before, the After the Paracast podcast, which this week will feature. More discussion with Dr. Michael Masters in order to... Be able to download that show. You've got to join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. And we also offer a version of the show free of the network ads. 41 minutes of network ads. Sliced away. Kaput. Diced and sliced. Better quality audio. Prices start just $1.49 a week, which is less than coffee at most convenience stores nowadays. I mean, how can you lose? Plus.theparacast.com. Dr. Michael Masters, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. Thank you. It's been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me on. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.